Listen, if you're constantly tired of juggling all the business problems yourself and not having a sound individual to bounce your ideas off of the problems off of your generated solutions for less than what you're probably paying one of your part-time coaches, you literally could have a conversation with me daily, fuck weekly with me, with your staff. And then we get on a call monthly. I've got an app and a platform that I use, what do I call the bat phone that allows you to get in contact with me throughout the day. Literally, you can ping me and hit me up and let me know shit's going on. This is the situation. I need some assistance in making the right decision, and I'm there for you. This is what I do for gym owners. I do it for up to about 40 gyms at a given time, and I'm always graduating or getting fired, like graduating the gym owner or getting fired myself. I, you know, I've talked about this in pre-roll before. I like getting fired. I want to get fired. I don't want you to be stuck on the, the WTF tit. I want my gym owners to be self-sufficient, but there are times when you could use some assistance. That's why I don't do any contracts. Everything is month to month. You use me for as long as you need to use me, and then you fire me. And you can always hit me back up if another problem arises. But if you're in a position where you're like, fuck, man, I, I've got some money. I let you know for what I'm paying a part-time coach, sure, I'd love to have someone who knows this better than I do and can help me just make the smarter decisions faster. You can sit there and research it yourself and YouTube and watch all the videos and, and make, you know, six months of bad decisions, or we could have had a 10 minute conversation and you made the right one and moved on with the rest of your day, the rest of your business this year and got the shit done. You want to get done. If this interests you at all, please shoot me a DM over on WTF gym talk on Instagram. And I would love to chat with you. I'd love to just know what you got going on. See if we're a good fit. We can talk a little bit there. Um, guys, that's it. This is what I do. It's what I love doing. I love solving problems for gym owners. I like different problems. And I eventually, I love getting fired. I want to get fired so that you go on and do your fucking thing. And I'm glad I was able to be a part of it for that period of time. So if this resonates with you at all, please go ahead, shoot me a DM. Let's chat. Otherwise, enjoy the podcast. So in this episode, we're talking with a former client of mine, Felix uh, Fescher out of Germany. He owns CrossFit Oschwenberg. And this is a brand that he came to me in 2017. We started working together and I was really proud of the work that we did. He was an incredible operator. He always was able to execute perfectly on the game plan and it's obviously paid off. So like with all my consulting, right? These guys hire me, we solve the problem. Then they fire me proudly and I'm proud of it. And I'm proud of the work we did. And because now me and him stay in touch and he's really found a new itch to scratch, right? He's got the successful gym and now he really got into podcasting. You guys remember me talking about why I think gyms should have podcasts for the members, right? To create a tighter brand connection, to market, all that good stuff. Well, he ran with it. He did very well with it. He did 500 episodes of it. And then he started getting into creating other podcasts. And now he's in the podcast consulting and helping other brands who don't know, really know how to jump into it, how to find an identity, how to, you know, what shows they have, how to organize it, equipment, all that. He'll even produce the podcast. You just simply record it. The guy, he's he's just done incredible. And it was a really interesting conversation. For any of you owners out there that have an itch to scratch, you've kind of found something that you enjoy. As long as you've taken care of business like Felix has, I think you'll really find value out of this conversation. So you don't have any problems with the connection thing with Zoom? Because when I used Zoom for podcast interviews, I always had like troubles with the connection and then with the with the loss of the voice and stuff like that. So you no. never had problems? I, no, I mean, I've, I've had I've had issues with the on the other end, the individual's end, you know, but I'm also like, I'll also give them shit. I'll be like, the fuck are you doing calling in from your car at the drive through on a goddamn podcast? Like, the fuck are you <laughs> yeah. thinking? Like, 
Um, yeah. but anyway, no, nah, not too much, but let's, let's get what I, what I do on my end. I try, um, maybe it, it allows, or it helps me here. I, I'll record my own voice on my computer so I can send it to you. So we don't have this, the, the zoom problem. Yeah, no, um, that, that's like an independent recording. Yeah. That, that helps as well. Um, sure. for the most part, no, I'll probably switch over to that squad box or squad, whatever the fuck that is. They just signed me up for here recently, but, um, sure. all right, let's get into it. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it's another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And I've got my man from um, the motherland, all right, over in Germany, Felix Feschel. And I can't pronounce it with the German accent like it is, but my, Felix and I, we originally got to start working together with his gym. Our first call, I believe, was like December of seven, 2017, dude. December 14th oh, yeah. of 2017. I mean, it's, it's like... Five or six years ago. Yeah. It feels like ages. <laughs> and we um we got rocking and rolling and with uh CrossFit Ashvenberg, uh your your CrossFit gym. And you know, you were going through a transition, new facility, like the growth of it. And and I, you know, I I enjoyed the work that we got to do together uh from that consulting perspective. And then we obviously we've stayed in touch, you know, just through like the DM and you know, keeping an eye on each other over the years. And then I saw that you kind of, you've got into podcasting and, um, you know, we've been trying to get on this podcast to talk shop here. And I, I think it's gonna be really interesting to talk about, we were just talking about a second ago, like when you have the the gym, which you, you spend the majority, the majority of your career on building it, growing it, you get hit, kicked in the dick with COVID. Um, but still like, even then when a second passion, that's always adjacent right? Like podcasting for a lot of gym owners is something they want to pursue because they probably listen to a lot of podcasts as they were learning on how to grow their gym and looking for advice. And then you get into that medium. You're like, oh my God, I really like this. Just like a lot of during COVID, so many gym owners I know got really into videography because we had to shoot all the fucking videos to send to the clients when they couldn't be in the gym. So now they love fucking videography, but they're like, how do I marriage the two things and so, you know, I think this would be cool for us just kind of to, to talk shop on. So, my man, if you wouldn't mind, give everybody kind of the 90-second wrap-up of your time, you know, uh, in the fitness industry and with your brand. Sure. So, my CrossFit career began like 10 or 12 years ago. So, it's actually a pretty long time considered to the people that now start CrossFit. So, I feel like a CrossFit OG, although maybe you're doing it a lot longer than I do, but still, it's a long time. And then... I, I, f I loved it and I wanted to work out where I live, but there was no CrossFit box around. So I thought, okay, what can you do? I studied um, business in business school and I didn't really see myself as someone who works in a bank or in a consultant agency or what uh, whatnot. And yeah, so I opened my own gym that was seven and a half years ago. And uh, yeah, then my whole gym owner career began and then we worked together like six months after we opened the shop and um, we had a very, very nice growth during the years. Then after two and a half years, we um, opened uh, a bigger location. And uh, yeah, then two years later, COVID hit. And uh, I'm very fortunate that it didn't hit in 2018 because I think we were very fucked. So uh, I'm very glad that it didn't happen. And I found the passion for podcasting like four years ago, four and a half years ago. And um, it's like with the gym. So when I found something that I love and I like doing it a lot, I try to make money of it 
in any kind of sense because when i spend a lot of time with something i yeah i try to monetize it somehow and with the gym it started as a personal trainer so i started as a personal trainer then i opened my own gym and the same thing with the podcast i i started a, a podcast in the gym to educate the people in the gym and then i thought okay maybe you can make it a little bit bigger and you can help others with podcasting and so i started a podcasting uh production company that was like three years ago and uh yeah now i'm here telling people how to get into podcasting themselves and um actually your podcast was one of the the first podcasts i ever listened to really deeply like i binge listen to like 10 15 20 episodes on a weekend and the same with ben bergeron in his podcast and i really fell in love with this so actually all the credits to you because you like made the path for me as a podcaster so i pursued it as a career now and now i'm a gym owner and a podcaster at the same time it's very nice because you like form a very deep connection to the people you see every day but you also reach like people 100 miles away from you and they know you and that's pretty cool actually because i have a, like a local business and I, I i talk to people who live in berlin which is like 600 miles away and they they tell me i listen to your shit and i say like okay you listen to what i say cool thank you yeah. and um, that's the cool thing about the podcasting and the gym side yeah i do that i love it i love it and it, it's so funny man it was because you know the podcasting thing for me i was such a video whore like i love video and i was every all my all my like all the extra money i was making with wtf extra i was going towards like videographers and editors and ideas and all that stuff. And then when people just kept telling me, like I knew po podcasting was big then, but like I've never been a, a true podcast consumer. It's just, I've always felt in my head and I've relaxed a little bit with it. Like I did, I listen, I listen, I'll listen to like, if there's a funny comedian on Joe Rogan, I might listen to him. Maybe it's also because I started training for that marathon. So I've got like hours of time to kill what I'm running. So, but like, I'll listen to something like that. But before that, man, I had people like, oh, I listened to your video. I listened to your video. And I, I was just like, what are you talking about? And not being a podcast consumer, it didn't click for me. But then I realized I'm like, it's not, you know, it's not about what I want to make. It's how they want to consume it. And the podcast has been, you know, for me, the, the best growth vehicle uh, for my own business. And only this year did I even, you know, accept uh, sponsorship on it. Because before that, it was like, why would I, I, I make way more money when I advertise my own things? And this year, just, you know, increasing your network and finding really cool brands and stuff like that that want to grow and you want to help them and you can come up with a good, you know, uh, sponsorship package that works for both parties. It's been very cool. And I would do it. I love you. You've always been Felix is always like for anyone listening. I rarely get to work with gym owners who one of their things I think is a superpower for them is branding like the, the understanding of it and being able to talk concisely. And of course I go to your website here for the podcast, you know, little things matter and you speak into the mic. I'll take care of the rest. I mean, that's the kind of like, I can hear myself saying that too. Like, I was like, ah, oh, I love it. Like, you know, you're very, you were always very good with your messaging. It was always clear and concise. Um, and uh, I think this is really interesting. So talk to me about this. So the gym's doing well. And like most owners, I get, I'm, I'm assuming you get a little bit of boredom to a degree because you're not having to work in the gym as much. You obviously engage in pod. You like listening to podcast. What was your first, like the inkling of 
I want to do a podcast and like, who was the first person you tried to interview? How did it actually take off from the ground? I know you were doing it with members in the gym. Like I recommend the gym owners, but when did you think about taking it beyond that? I mean, I started with one of my coaches, Julian, and I recommend it to everyone who wants to start a podcast, look for someone who, who you can talk to like on a regular basis, because when you start alone, maybe you're like super, super good in the beginning, but then everything is Julian else... still with you. Yeah, he is. Sure. Oh my God. I remember Julian got on. We did this. I did a sales one-on-one call one time when we got Julian on back in like, that was like 2018. Yeah, he's that's still awesome. Is. Good I, for you. I'm very, I'm very fortunate that my coaching staff is really, um, really like bonded to me. And I mean, there are some changes, of course. Mark, you still know Marcus? I, th- yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, you know him. He yeah. opened his own box like uh, oh, a year ago yeah. or half a year ago. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, um, yeah, we have a lot of gyms next to our CrossFit box. We were the first. Now we have like four in a like 20 mile radius, which is pretty cool because everyone who started his own box, started training with me. So I like yeah. forged the the CrossFit box owners in the scene. And I'm very proud of that actually. And um, yeah, so I started with my coach Julian and then we started interviewing members. And then I thought, okay, maybe you need some experts um, from Germany who speak with you about certain topics like weightlifting and whatever. And just recently, I expanded my my podcast to to English speaking countries, and I interviewed Marcus Philly, and I interviewed Jason Kalipa is now on the podcast in a few weeks. Kelly Starrett, like because that's like they are my my heroes, my CrossFit heroes, and it's like one of my the biggest passions I have is to talk to people I admire, and the podcast is such a good vehicle to do that because it, I mean. They do it. I do it. We speak the same language. I just ask them. And if they have time, I don't have to like convince them doing it because they, they, they like it. Right. So I, in the beginning, I was really struggling with asking people, but then I found out, okay, you share the same passion, just ask. And the worst thing that can happen is they say no, but I, I mean, most of the time they say yes. And that's so cool. I had Adrian Bosman on the show before the CrossFit games. We talked about the CrossFit games and the programming of the games. It was so cool like yeah isn't that crazy once you get to like with jason's a great example brother dude i this is no joke and i i tried to find the email i don't know whether i cleared it out but um in 2000 and i think eight like right after he won the games i sent jason an email about mir which was a, a weighted vest company mir and he, I had seen a video of him working out in a weighted vest, and I had just graduated college. And I send this, I send Jason Kalipa. I don't know where I got his email address from. Hey man, congrats on the games, big fan. I want to, you know, like a stupid young CrossFitter. I'm asking his for his opinion on a weighted vest, and he emailed me back like the same day. Was super nice, and I remember being like, "Holy shit!" I just got an email from Jason Kalipa. Fuck it. I went from six to midnight. Like I was so jacked up to now, you know, being able to shoot him at like, you know, as you have these conversations with people like, oh my God, I'm talking to this guy. Like I'm talking to Kelly Starrett. It's like, and I'm not like, it's, it's kind of surreal, right? It, it like, it has that moment of surreal, like, holy shit, I'm super nervous about even having this conversation right now. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with you, right? We started like six, five or six years ago and you were a podcaster. I wasn't. And I was like always dreaming of sitting on the other side of the mic. Right. I asked you like a few years ago, if you want to talk about the gym and now I'm here and I'm 
if if you have asked me like four years ago, I would be super nervous. Now I didn't really prepare for it. I just knew, okay, today's the day. I asked you yesterday, is it still on? You said yes. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's go, Let's go yeah. for it. Because I mean, I, I recorded like 500 episodes during the last four years. So there's a lot of volume. And if you know what to do, I mean, it's you just have to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's an art to it, and it's you know, um, and there's certain style, you, and you start noticing like with podcasts. The more again in the past, I'd say two year and a half or two since quote unquote retiring with Urban, I I have listened to more podcasts, uh, especially on the real estate side, as I I've kind of ventured on that world. But um, you start noticing people have different styles. There's like that conversational style that it's not really a conversation about anything. It's just like you know a, a fly in the wall scenario, and then there's like interviews, very topic specific, um. When you listen, it's so funny. Like now that I live, when I listen to multi guests, like I was just on Jim Worldwide, which is uh, Mateo and John Franklin. And so the two of them and me, that can like having multiple get like hosts can be, you can step on each other and that can get like messy. And they did, they did such a great job. Or like the first time I interviewed Miranda, like two people, I interviewed Miranda and Julian. And I didn't have the foresight to be like, Every question I ask is going to get two different answers or two answers from two different people, which means the amount of questions I can ask in a three hour podcast is going to be cut in half because there'll be almost two responses per person. Just little like nuances you don't think of with that. Um, have you been is have all your podcasts been you've been doing them remote? Have you been doing them in person when possible? I mean, I love doing them in person, right? And if I had the chance to fly over to you, I would definitely prefer it. I mean, there's a limited amount of time and money, so I cannot make it to every interview in person. But if I can do it, I, I definitely do it. And um, yeah, but today, I mean, there are so many opportunities to do a good remote recording, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you just need two good mics and have a surrounding. And then you just hit record and you can do like a very good episode. And for the like regular podcast consumer listener, he doesn't really hear the difference right no. we're on that level here and we always feel like oh it doesn't sound so good i have to adjust it but in the end 80 percent is mostly enough and the the regular listener it just they don't really hear the difference when i talk to my wife um i ask her how do you like the sound and, and she says ah oh, you have a lot of ums and ums and I said, no, I didn't talk about the style aspect. Not the I language. I'm the talking sound. the audio. I need you to be yeah. an audiophile right now. I need the quality yeah. of the audio. Was it crisp? Yeah. And she, say, she says, I don't hear a difference. And I feel like, <laughs> okay, thank you for the conversation. <laughs> that's like, dude, that's like me with craft beer. Someone like will hand me this beer and they'll be like, it's blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, Beruvia, you know, something special hops. And we aged it in a barrel. I'm like, it fucking tastes like beer to me, bro. I'm like, I don't know. Like, but I also Why don't make 30 beer. bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but I'm not the, cra I'm not the technician. So I'll never be able to appreciate that. Um, let me ask you this. So with the, talk to me about this idea. So like, you know what, when I was on, and how did you come up with the idea little things matter for and is that just the name for the consulting service or is that cuz that's also a podcast itself Yeah I mean so when I started I think the name for the company I went on went on vacation in uh February of 2020 so just before covid hit I um I was on vacation and I was thinking okay you have a lot of time during the day when you're on the gym, you have your classes, you have your PTs, but there's a lot of time where I sit around and I mean, there's only a limited 
amount of stuff you have to do, right? After you cleaned all the toilets and after you did all the social media posts, there's still like half of a work day. And I thought, okay, you have to do something to be entertained and to earn some money. And I was thinking, what could you do? And I started with the name. Okay, what's what kind of name is a cool name for a company? So really, I have the I had a piece of paper and a pen, and I wrote down on the on the piece of paper. I still have it, and I came up with that name. And there was there wasn't really like a plan on what I want to do in the beginning. I thought, okay, maybe you could do some kind of restaurant consulting, and you tell them, oh, your menu looks shit. You should like have a better menu, or you should have these and that. And um, yeah, it's a good thing that I didn't do it because then COVID closed all the restaurants. So maybe that <laughs> idea wouldn't have been so good. But um, in the end, I was thinking, okay, what can you do? Um, and I, I didn't really start with the podcasting. I started with um, photo and video, to be honest, because when uh, we closed the the CrossFit box, um, we had the like video recording from day one. I bought a camera. I did all the training videos. I mean... You know the videos. You 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 back in the day told me they are great, and I mean we like recorded 130 videos. They are still on YouTube, and I still like them. But um, yeah, that was like the the first plan was to do some photo and video for local companies, and I did that. Um, but it didn't really like hit me because I, I like it, but I don't like it to the extent that I want to do it every day. But the podcast thing is something that I can do all day, every day. So I did all, I already like five recordings before now we speak now. And I did like four hours of recording before. And I still feel like I want to do another four hours after, right? And I think if you find something that you like so much that you can like do the work and you don't have to think about it, you have to double down on it. And so I did with the podcasting. And it's a little bit tough because podcasting you, I mean, in 20... 19 there were still a lot of companies who didn't know what a podcast is and they didn't really see the benefits of a podcast i mean now it has changed a lot but it's still very hard to tell them why they need podcasting in their company and so it's not like that i have like 20 30 companies that i work with at the same time it's some companies on the side so i transitioned um in um, the beginning of this year i transitioned from educating companies on how to produce their own podcasts to um, helping personal brands and people like you, for example, if you hadn't a podcast, if you hadn't have a podcast, I could teach you how to run a podcast for your business, for your solo business, right? And that's what I do with LinkedIn. Um, so nearly 100% of my marketing activities now runs through LinkedIn. I do a lot of content there and I help people um, coaches mainly to produce their own stuff. And that's like the main business part at the moment. So you say link, you mean LinkedIn? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's like, that's a, that's your go-to platform when you think of like client acquisition and your audience. Sure, it's like, like it's the number one platform. I mean, I have the website, which is actually getting remodeled during the next few weeks. So it, yeah, I show it to you when it's done. Now it looks yeah. like shit, but <laughs> but um, that's what I do. I mean, I do some, I do TikTok and I do Instagram and stuff like that. But the main the main goal is to to use LinkedIn as a platform for creating my my business. Yeah, I people um in the B two B market really undershoot LinkedIn. So um, you know, there's a brand I've always been a big fan of, uh, Alchemy three sixty five, and Mike Jones, the CEO. He uh, he's still on the board of Alchemy, but um, he just started. He committed, I think, last year to writing every single day on LinkedIn 
and his personal consulting. He's like an EOS, um, the entrepreneurial operating system, uh, if anyone's familiar with that. Um, but uh, by Gina Wickman. But anyway, he's an EOS implementer and consultant in that world. And his business grew whatever tenfold just by posting on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is way more of a happening place than a B2B market. I think a lot of gym owners like you know, poo-poo LinkedIn because the B2C is not there, right? They're they're trying to be trendy on TikTok and compete with Rumble and Orange Theory and everything like that, which I completely understand. But it's very interesting for guys like you and me or anyone who gets in the B2B world. Uh, LinkedIn is 100% an interesting, an interesting place. It's where I first learned about, uh, I think it's where one of the places I first learned about Hyrox, which comes right out of your, you know, comes right out of Germany. And, and I'm super bullish on that brand. Um, talk to me about this. So some gym owners are listening to this and I know some of them are kind of have a, a passion that's become adjacent to the gym. It could be in content or media or podcasting or, or copy or whatever it may be. What are some recommendations you have for someone who is going to pursue a little side hustle. They're not sure what it could become, but they know it gives them energy. Like you said, doing this work feeds energy into me. Where at some point with the gym, especially as the business gets bigger, it sucks energy out. Now I have theories as to why that is. I'm a big company of one guy by Paul Jarvis. Company of one, one of my, that book changed my life. One of my favorite books. They, yeah, yeah they, I, I could not agree more, but I found that having a big, you know, having a company where I was employing people and responsible for them and this big in-person audience and the and the rent that was due and all the things, that could drain energy from me. When I lean this out, like, you know, it's like you could take your laptop if you wanted, close it, and you could fucking fly and kick it with me in the States, and you could still make money and do what you do, right? There's some free, like, and the work is way more freeing when you're not as, you know, attached to it by necessary because you have six staff with 401ks and, you know, uh, salaries and they got to pay their mortgage and all that. But what advice would you have for someone who is looking to play with a side hustle to scratch an itch of theirs, something they enjoy, but also they, they think they can monetize it as well. So I, I did hide my personal brand behind my gym, like for years. So I didn't really want to be on Instagram and I, I always thought that, yeah, you have to put your business first and then behind that, maybe the person. But during the last one and a half years, I found that I'm a very charismatic and, okay, good looking. I mean, for everyone who's watching that. You're yeah. a good looking dude. Don't let anyone ever tell you fucking otherwise. No, uh, thank you. Um, but I don't have to hide, right? So the thing is, when you when you know what to do and you know what you talk about, then you you have this very big opportunity to step in front of people and tell it. Just tell your story. Just tell them what you do, why you do it. And I never did that. And I always thought it's enough when I put the company first. But I completely underestimated the power of my own person. And I mean, that's a very, very low scale. I'm, I mean, I'm not a big personal brand. I have like 1700 followers on LinkedIn. That's not a lot. I have like three, 400 persons on Instagram. The gym has 2000. It's not a big following, but the thing is you don't really see the people who are not actively engaging with your content. They just know that you're there. They, they see it. They don't like it. They don't comment on it. They just see your content. It's, it's probably the same with your podcast. So you do an episode, you see like, okay, there's 10,000 downloads. But you probably have like two or three people who 
replying to a Q&A or whatever, right? So you don't really know how many people are there who really actively using your content. And it, it takes like two years, three years, four years before someone actively tells you, Stu, I like your content. I want to work with you. I mean, you had that probably like a thousand times. Yes. And you, 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 you achieved that because you, you, you gave a fuck about it. You just did content every week, every day. You just did it. Right. And that was one of the things I really admire about you. You just, the, the, the load of content you put out in the world is like enormous. And I, I always thought like, how can a single person produce that amount of quality content? I, 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 I never figured it out how, how someone like you can do that all on his own. And then, then we talked about it. You have some VRs and people who are trying to support you and stuff like that. But I didn't know that back in the day. I didn't know that there are people who you can hire online to edit your videos and stuff like that. I, I always thought you have a big company and then the people who you employ, they do that shit for you. And I thought like, how, how big has this company to be in order to produce that amount of content? And that's the power of, I would say LinkedIn is better than, for example, yeah, Instagram for me or TikTok for me, because the 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 audience is a better target group for me. When I go to Instagram, there's a lot of people, they just consume it because they want to get entertained. And on LinkedIn, of course, they want to get entertained, but they're also want to buy stuff from other people they want to like get news and stuff like that so the platform is differently it works differently but the approach has to be the same so you have to like go out there and create a lot of content and that means posting every day and the cool thing about linkedin is the platform they they it likes text and pictures they don't like videos so when you post a video every day the algorithm doesn't really care about your videos they care about texts and pictures and so the the barrier of entry is very low because you don't have to have like big videos or youtube style videos to get a huge following you just have to write and maybe take take some pictures and you just have to do it and you have to like do it for six months 12 months 18 months and you just grow your your personal brand with it and it's so cool and i mean i already like made four or five new customers from linkedin without pitching anyone. I just wrote my stuff. I posted pictures and the people texted me, oh, I saw your texts. I saw your videos. I saw your pictures. I liked it. Let's let's talk. And that's so cool. The funny, you know, a lot of people think a lot of times they look at a marketing medium and they're like, oh, it's already, it's too saturated. I don't want to start a podcast. And I was like, like, first off, number one, the amount of data available on podcasts compared to a Facebook or Instagram ad is it's pathetically limited, pathetically limited. Like you can't go and see on any server for podcast hosting. At what minute does the average person drop off? You can't YouTube. You can see that. I can see that on YouTube. You can't do that on a podcast. You can get very basic data. The, the interesting thing about it, and these are the, the stats here. Um, I'm pulling from like podcast page and listen notes and a couple other, the, um, the, the bigger names out there that aggregate podcast data. But so currently they're registered around three, maybe to 4 million podcasts out there, meaning they're registered, they're on a server or a host somewhere, Apple, Spotify, whatever it may be. However, only 44% of those have three episodes or less. 
And when I say only, I mean, that's actually a lot. 44% of them have three or less episodes. So those aren't even real. Like those are dormant. Those are dead. Someone tried it. They didn't get, they didn't become a millionaire off their first episode and like, fuck this, I quit. And then um, only like around 720 of them have at least 10 or more episodes. So like, I mean, only, I think the number was like less than 200,000 podcasts create a weekly episode. So, I mean, 200,000 is nothing. If that stat is accurate, that, you know, two less than 200,000 produce a weekly episode, then there's plenty of space out there. But I tell everyone, it's like, there's still plenty of space on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. If you have something interesting, educational, or entertaining to say, and you have a unique way to deliver the information, then yeah, I think you can, I think you can pop anywhere. Um, you see that girl, her name is like Bill. She's a comedian. She's really dry humor, female, and she's interviewing the Mark Cubans of the world. But she has this really, oh, I, I, I just like a few, a few days ago, I yeah. saw her and I click, I was like, Oh, that, that girl is with the big boobs, right? Yeah. Oh, she's got huge tits. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> I was like this chick. She's, I mean, like, she's like, she's a sleeper cutie. Like she's a good looking girl, but she's a comedian, I guess. Like I've never heard of her. She's funny, and I comedy is my thing. I love stand-up comedy, but her podcast is so dry, and it's it's kind of reminds me of Zach Galifianakis between two ferns, where he like insults the guest, and she just does that in her own way. And oh my god, she has become an overnight quote unquote sensation with that podcast idea. Uh, it's called like Billy something or another, but it's, yeah, it's essentially, it's kind of like between two ferns where she's like making fun of, you know, Mark Cuban in this really dry way. And you can't tell whether she's just really bad at podcasting and talking to people or whether it's, it's so intentional. funny, right? It's so yeah, I didn't, funny. I didn't know she's a comedian actually until now. So I thought like, okay, what the fuck is she asking? It makes sense though, right? <laughs> it's so now funny. It makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, I clicked on her Instagram and she has like a million followers so or two million. I don't know. So she has to be someone. Oh yeah. No, she's right. So it's, it's incredible. <laughs> like seeing, you know, how she's been able to do that. And, but I mean, so let's talk about this with podcasting and like, and I'm really curious about the service that you offer on this. So when someone contacts you know, uh, little things matter and you offer not only consulting, but you can also do production for them as well. So talk to me about that. Obviously, I really like that, that one liner you had in there, like you speak in the mic, I'll take the rest. So someone could literally who is, they either have the money and to pay, like, they're like, I don't want to do shit. I literally want to record it. And then someone else does it like handles it. Um, or they're just novice. They're like, I, you know, this is actually a lot of money to spend, but I don't, I don't know how to do it. And I don't feel comfortable doing it, whatever it may be to walk me through the process. So let's say I did that. I spoke into the mic. I ship you an, an MP3 an AAC, whatever the audio file is. What, what do you do with it? I mean, it depends from customer to customer. Usually what I like is when I can help them in the beginning, like, like really hold their mic. So I can make sure the quality is good. But usually what happens is when someone starts with podcasting, they don't, they don't know shit, right? So we usually we do like whole the, the whole technique uh, introduction thing, what mic to buy, how to place the mic. Does it make a difference when I put the mic here or when I put the mic here on my face? Yeah. So um, that's like whole part of the process. But also the whole brainstorming on do I really need a podcast? Does it make sense for me to have a podcast? I mean, if you... 
if you are not a personal brand who has a huge following, if you're someone who's, I mean, you have free Instagram fans and maybe it's not the right time for a podcast. Maybe you have to work on other stuff first before you like start a podcast. So it's yeah. always like, what is your goal and is it the right timing? And so we spend a lot of time in the whole brainstorming process before we really start recording anything. Because sometimes we've, we find out after an hour or two that it doesn't make sense now to make a podcast because not everybody should like have a podcast just for a podcast's sake, right? Sure. There's a time in a business when it makes sense and when it doesn't make sense. And I think the personal branding is a very good beginning. So try to become a personal brand where people listen to your stuff, read what you write, look at the picture that you post. And then if you have a following, then you have potential listeners to your stuff. Because I know it from my own exp uh, experience. When I produce a new podcast and I like put a lot of effort and yeah, everything in and then only 10 people listen to it it doesn't feel good it doesn't it just doesn't feel good i mean everyone has to go that way in the beginning but it's so much cooler when you upload an episode and a day after you you, you check your stats and you see like oh 600 people listen to your show that gives me a good feeling right so the emotional aspect in the beginning is very important so we always make sure that it's the right timing and when my customers when they say okay i want to go i want to do that then we buy all the equipment and we check the like the format is it an interview is it a monologue i mean you're like a big fan of talking into the mic just on your own and i love it too so i can like talk like hours and that's okay for me but it's a very 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 hard skill. Not a lot of people have it. And um, yeah, give someone a mic and tell them, yeah, speak for 60 minutes without breaking it. Yeah. yeah. Oh Most yeah. Monologue. The they cannot do it. I think it's, it's a good skill tough. set because I think a lot of people also eventually may, would love to think of themselves being asked to speak to a group of people, right? Public speaking. And that's where you know, that's why I like the monologuing uh, as a skill set, but also like for most coaches, again, you think my audience, most people are maybe doing some kind of group fitness or talking to people like we're public speakers. Anyway, if you are a flight attendant, you have, you do public speaking. Like when you do that little thing to a degree um, and real quick, I fucked all that up. I just want to make sure when that was uh, the name of the podcast, the one that we were talking about with the dry humor, it's called the really good podcast, which is just a funny fucking name. And her name is actually Bobby B O B B I Althoff or A L T H O F F. Go check that out. Just, I felt bad. I kept saying her name is Billy. Um, so now I want to ask you, I want to dig in on that piece here. So you not only like when you start working with a client, your A, is this a good fit for you at this point in your business? Like, what are you trying to get out of it? But then you also help them kind of think about what is their introduction, right? Like, what is the, what what's the, why should someone listen to this? Do you kind of help bring the, like, essentially the essence of, okay, are we interviewing people? If we are, what kind of people? What story are we trying to tell? Are you monologuing? Are you talking to your current customers? Um is that essentially kind of how you think about like starting off with a client and helping them kind of establish the vision for their podcast? Yeah, sure. I mean, in the beginning, the, the big question everyone asks, how can I earn money with a podcast? And that's like the, I mean, it's obvious that if you spend money on marketing, you want to get money back, right? So that's why you do Facebook ads, you put money in and you want to get money back. But that's the problem with the podcasting. It's nothing that you can do now and you get money back in return like the next day it's something that builds up over time and it sometimes 
takes a year or sometimes it takes two years. And that's why you have to be very patient. And that's the problem because people are not patient. They just, mm. they just not. So you have to ground them in the beginning that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And you have to be able to create content consistently over weeks and over months and over years. And I try to figure out with them how they can do it. So they, we have to find a, we have to find a solution for the problem to create content on a regular basis. And when I want to interview people from around the world, then I'm always like dependent on them. So different time zones, different work schedules. So it's very hard for me to schedule a meeting, a podcast interview with people. So I have to find something for me and my customers in order to get that thing rolling. For example, I can make a monologue. It's easy. I just put the mic on, press record. It's super easy. Or I have someone in my in my circle who I can interview, like my coach Julian. That's what we did in the beginning. We didn't know what to talk about. So we texted, oh, I want to talk about nutrition. Cool. Let's meet tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow, 4 p.m. Nice. That's how we started. And that's how everything rolled because we were able to create content on a consistent basis. And when you work with companies, you usually you have the problem that they have to find the people who want to talk and they have to take the time to talk. So it's very, very hard in the beginning, like to find something that they can consistently um, go through. And that's like the biggest part of the creation process in the beginning is like, how do you want to structure this in order to make it a year or two or three years thing? And not just, I make five episodes and then I quit because I have some customers who said, yeah, I want to do six episodes just to see how it feels and looks. And it's I tell them, what the fuck? I mean, it's that amount of money and you get zero back from the money because you just put it into something that creates, um, yeah, value over time and you remove the time. So there's no value, right? Yeah, it's like investing in the stock market. Like, you know, besides like speculative, like investing in uh, GameStop, right? Like during during that whole thing, it's, it's you know, it's a slow growth thing. And I, I agree. So I've, I don't do as much of it now, but I used to do some uh, personal branding stuff where I have someone come on who was like, hey, I, I've been following WTF. I want to create something similar. This is what I like to talk on. This is what I know the best. And when it comes to the once we get to the podcast portion, and I always identify which, which medium of content allows you to create it the fastest and the most naturally. And for a lot of them, the camera is scary. Like they got to look at themselves on there and then the edit, like, so podcasting for a lot of people or the written word becomes a pretty quick uh, go-to for many. And I, I would tell them all the time, I said, you know, the number one thing and kind of going back to those stats earlier, most people start a podcast and they never see it through. So, and there's going to be times where you might get behind. Like I try to do 12 a month. All right. So I drop 12 a month. It's pretty consistent. Um, you know, maybe there's a month where I dropped the 10 or something and, and something like that happened. So I tell this new person starting off, we're going to go ahead and we're going to create kind of like a timeless, uh, like topics for 10 of these. Once we figure out what style of podcast you like to do, and we're going to record 10 and these are very timeless, meaning they don't have to be out in any specific time to be relative. So we get 10 and then we're just going to go ahead and we're going to drop weekly or every other week. And then that's going to give us maybe up to five months of content. So that way, when you get busy, or whatever, we have some banked up. And then you can start, if you have some timely ones, like something happened and you want to talk about it immediately, cool, then we drop that in and there's a bonus episode that month, whatever it may be. But yeah, it's 
podcasting is like anything else. It, it's one of these things where don't do it because you feel like you have to. Like, oh, I want to get an ROI on it because that ROI, fuck, man. I, like for guys like you and me, I think the ROI is like if you advertise your services for what you do with podcast consulting and production and all that on your podcast, that's probably the best ever. That's probably the best ROI you have forever. Like that's all I ever did with mine. It was just pushing WTF, Microgym University, shoot the shit, whatever. And then when you do decide to open it up, it's the wild west. I remember this past year, just coming up with podcasting sponsorship packages. Like how much do you charge? So I called people who I knew charge for podcast and they were in the same boat. They're like, dude, I just kind of came up with some of these numbers back in the day, but here's kind of where it ended. Um, But here's what I think is really interesting. I want to get your take on it with podcast sponsorship. If you have a podcast, you want to monetize it. You have like, what is, what is every podcast sell in advertising pre-roll mid-roll end roll, but who the fuck wants to pay for end roll? No one's going to listen to that, but pre-roll. And what do we all do in pre-roll hits? Fast forward the 15 second fast forward button on whatever Spotify or Apple. So in my head, cause I had the same thing. If I'm, if I'm now, if I'm listening to a podcast and I hear Joe Rogan start talking about athletic greens, I'm boop, 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 popping right past it. Okay. And I get, and I've still never bought athletic greens. So I, when I came up with my sponsorship, I came up with, um, two different kinds of offers. I came up with a collaborative ad and then a uh, um, an organic ad. So an organic ad is, let's say Rebel Rabbit is a brand that sponsored the podcast recently. They're like a THC weed seltzer thing. I legit drink it. It's a product I was a customer of first for you know seven months. Um, and I, I did an episode talking about, I think about like the productivity hacks attacks uh, of like staying up late or having a couple glasses of whiskey or whatever it is and how, you know, the stuff that we do late at night for fitness entrepreneurs, we have to get up early can fuck us up, right? We were generally early risers, work starts early, that kind of thing. So I talked about how Rebel Rabbit's been just kind of my solution instead of like a whiskey at night, which I fucking love more than anything. During the week, I'll go with Rebel Rabbit. Helps me sleep, better REM sleep, all this other shit happens for me. And I just talk about it on a podcast, but I never, it's not an advertisement. It's like an organic monologue. And then on the collab ones, I bring in other people who use their products or people where we're just having a conversation and it just ends up landing on Rebel Rabbit, but it doesn't sound like an ad. And people listen to it because I might bring a business owner on and we talk shop about business and we're talking about, you know, how we've both drank Rebel Rabbit. It's just very organic versus an interruption of mid-roll. That nobody, I mean, like, I think that's not the best listening experience. I mean, sometimes I, I, I like it because, for example, I'm a big Andrew Huberman fan and I listen to his uh, podcast like every week. So I already bought some stuff with his codes, which he gives out and I saved a lot of money on that. So I liked it. But once I bought everything, I don't really need the <laughs> ads. So I skipped sure. them, right? But I've yeah, that's what's that's what I usually use. If I have the if I have the chance, I'd I'd like to invite the people who I work with to my own show. So I'll let them talk about their products or what they do or how it enhances everything. And it's that's my kind of marketing. And later on I can refer to that episode and say, Hey, I talked to him about the product and it's really cool. I use it since then, it's really good. I like it. I sleep better. And then maybe a few months later, I I invite him again or a colleague of him or whatever. So I, I, I like this organic approach and I use it for my own show the same. So I never really 
did ads because I think like the 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 monetizing from the podcast, like the first wave, I mean Spotify gives you like a, a thousandth of a cent on every click on a show. So sure. if you're Joe Rogan, you maybe you get your millions, but on a yeah, yeah a regular podcaster doesn't really earn money from it. The same as with YouTube. So when you have when you hit like 50 or 100,000 subscribers, maybe you can live of it, but otherwise it's just pocket money, right? So you have to be creative when it comes to ads. And um, it's a good way because a podcast is such a powerful marketing tool in order to like build trust with other people. Or for example, there is a CEO of a big supplement company I'm interviewing during the next uh, few weeks. And after that show, I, I know that we have like a very very tight bond and we can make some kind of deal which I benefit from. I, I already know it because we have the trust factor then. And that's how you should use podcasts. You should proactively invite people to your show where you can make business with. And that's what a lot of people, they they don't, just don't do it. They think they have to talk with themselves about something they are interested in, but you can also use it business-wise and have a growth mindset and, and, and see what kind of business could benefit me and my customers and then you just have like, yeah, invite those people to your show. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think, because here's the thing is the reason you bought Andrew Huberman stuff wasn't because you needed 20% off, you know, momentous supplements, right? You, you, you know, you probably didn't need the discounts like great, but it's because you, Andrew Huberman has earned your trust. Sure. You're like that dude's smart. His advice I can relate to. I like the way he gives it. Again, it's he has something educational to say because he's certainly not entertaining to that to the entertaining degree. Um, but he's very educational. He gives it to you in a layman's way, doesn't drown you in jargon. And then he's going to go ahead and, you know, a lot of the stuff that he advertises is probably stuff he's talking about as well. So it's like, again, he just earned your trust because he had something educational to say and he had a unique way of doing it. And he does like, I think all of us, as much as we all went, maybe did like partied in college, like, I don't know, maybe it's just my story. I partied a ton in college, but I had a professor. Like I remember having one key professor, Sandra Schroer, changed my life uh, and just this incredible professor. And I kind of missed that in college because what, because I left and I kind of get in the entrepreneurship world and you get a mentor and you do all that. But like, still, like there was something about being in a formal education setting, like like I kind of like I did when in classes I enjoyed, I enjoyed showing up to class with my notebook and taking notes. I enjoyed the learning process. And um, I did, I listened, it was Andy Gallopin, who I'm a big fan of from the strength and conditioning world, you know, um, and um, Huberman talking, I believe. And I felt like I was sitting in class, like when I got my exercise phys degree and it was very, like I did, I remember listening to it on a run and be like, oh, this is fucking great. These guys, no wonder they're so popular. And I like, I known the name Huberman, I'd heard it everywhere. But I was like, I get it now. He just does it in such a relatable way. You feel like you're back in college for this, this very unique topic. And you walk away with a very high level of understanding compared to when you push play on the podcast in the beginning. And uh, But yeah, it's like, you know, do I have the trust of these individuals? And that's, I think the micro-influencers just have so much more opportunity. Like, yes, if you're Joe Rogan, your value add is based on volume. You're essentially a billboard. Right. When you're a micro influencer, a guy like you or me that like we've got an audience size that's that's decent or whatever to an advertiser, a small business, generally advertiser, someone maybe doing five million and under per year. The value is so much higher, I feel, because 
it's a curated tight-knit audience and they truly do like they trust this individual that's why i wish like spotify and i'm sure they will you know formally anchor that fm but like i wish they would give better stats is like how many return listeners are these unique listeners or how many return listeners do i get and there's a there's a brand out there called refonic r e p h o n i c that Claims to have a lot of good data on podcasts, but I mean, I think it's like a hundred bucks a month just to look at the data. Like, it's not even like you don't get anything for it except able to browse data. That's literally all you get, I think, for a hundred bucks a month. Um, but yeah, it's it's got a it's come a long way, but it's still in the, it. Podcasting is still so much in the infancy stage. Yeah, and I think that's that's something that a lot of people they just don't understand that that is just the beginning. And if you now start, you still have such a long way. And if you started like three or four years ago, you have already this trust bonus. And I mean, there's always something you can like tell your audience. I mean, we're we're experts in our fields and we know a lot more than the regular people do. And we just have to tell our stories. And there's at least one or two things that everyone can relate to and feels like he knows more after he listened to your stuff. Sure. I mean, when when I found you, it was like mind-blowing for me. It was like so much free content and I was like, okay, I want to work with this guy. I want, I want him in person, one-on-one. I want to work with him. And that's what I hope my content delivers. I try to get as much free content out as I can. I'm still not good at it as I want it to be but I, I just started doing it so but in the end it's the best thing you can do is give out free content and use everything you can and podcasting is such a great tool and if you don't use it you're you're missing out a lot because it's so universal you can use it everywhere and um, people can use it while they're cooking while they're doing their dishes while they're running whatever and Yeah, I mean, everyone should start a podcast. <laughs> and, and well, think about it. The thing with people like, oh, I'm not gonna, you know, podcast I'm not gonna do. I'm just gonna do video. I'm like, it's all the fucking same. Like literally, look at Derek from No Plates, No Date. More, more, more plates, more dates on YouTube. He literally does a, a loom video or a screen recording of his face going on the internet and looking at facts and studies about lifting and steroids and this and that and blah, blah. And he just ships just takes that one video recording and all he does is extract the audio, throw the audio up on a podcast platform, keeps the video for YouTube. And then he could have someone, or you could use AI, you could use Opus clips, right? Drop the link in there and Opus clips instantly cuts it up into micro content with the captions, with your brand colors and all that shit for fucking free. They have paid versions, but the free version's great. Um, anyway, it's like, You don't have to podcast. You can just shoot the video, extract the audio, or you could just podcast like what like what you and me are doing. And then I can take this video and upload it to YouTube and get the the, the, the YouTube shorts and the reels cut out of this. And now I didn't have to make videos. I just got to, had to do the one thing. The 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 multi-purposing of the content is so fucking easy now. There's no excuse like, oh, I do video. I don't do a podcast. What the hell are you talking about? Your video has audio. That audio will work on a podcast. Alex Ramosi didn't start a podcast. When I had Alex on the podcast in 2017, twice, he didn't have a podcast. He would just do these videos to his uh, gym launch customers in the Facebook group. That's all he did. And then he just grabbed that audio 
and dropped it in. And it wasn't even a good podcast at the time because, you know, people would ask questions. Like, I feel like you had to really kind of see the screen, I would feel, or understand the context. But he just grabbed the audio, dropped it in there, and it gave you enough good business ideas and thoughts and, you know, theories that people continued to listen to it. So, yeah, this idea of like, oh, I don't want to do a podcast, but I'll do TikTok. I'm like, that's, you're fucking ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how you don't see these two things are the same. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the the the, the multi-purpose thing is such a big thing. I think so many people don't understand that they don't have like do everything um, isolated. They have just like this big content cow, which is the podcast. You do a video podcast and then there's everything you have. You have a blog post, you have like a dozen LinkedIn posts, you you can use AI to make the transcript, then what do whatever you want with it, right? You can use YouTube shorts, TikToks, you what you have so much content, which I, I mean, when I do when I do a video po a podcast, I usually I try to do two or three clips. And that's all I can do, because then the time is limited, and I don't want to pay someone to do it. So but I still have two or three clips for TikTok and it gives me a thousand, 2000 clicks for free. I don't have to do anything. You got to look at Opus clips and clap K L A P. You will fucking love those. Those will let yeah, you, I, won't have I to tell do you, anything. I tell you the problem with it. So the whole AI thing, it's working well when the native language is English and the translation in Germany. Ah. I mean, there are some programs like captions. I think, yep. you know, it, it's pretty good. So German works fine, but Descript, for example, it doesn't really work well no, in Germany yeah. because you have a lot of translation problems and everything else, which is based on the transcript, doesn't really work well. So the, the clip grabbing function from um, captions doesn't work well because they don't really understand the context and they just pull out yeah, completely insane video yeah. sequences. So the whole AI thing, I mean, it's a very, it's, it's good to have it, but it's still like in the early stages and especially in Germany, they have like this language barrier. So you have to do more work on your, on your own. But I feel like there's a lot, a lot coming during the next few years. Yeah. I can't, I cannot imagine making that an easier process. Like, you know, you see like Mr. Beast transcribing all his videos into all these different languages um, I, I can see AI coming in and making that something that where pretty much everyone could do that. Him doing it was so novel, like years ago, like, holy shit, that's, that's got, that guy, that kid's got some foresight. Um, but I, I, I got to imagine that's not too far around the corner from an AI perspective. So, um, before we wrap up, I just want to, so talk to me for you, like, what is your, your personal podcast output look like per month? Like how many are you, episodes are you thinking of? And then share with everyone here, just kind of like your creation process. Like when you're thinking of, oh, do you do it? Or do you plan it out a week ahead, a day ahead? Do you shoot it right on the spot? Talk, walk us through that. So I have the, I have two different podcast formats at the moment. No, actually three. So it's three different podcasts. It's not one podcast where I put everything in because I have different interests and I, it's very, it's very smart if you have one format for one specific group of people, right? You you wouldn't do cooking or whatever MMA in your WTF gym talk podcast because it's yeah. not for the right people, right? So you would yeah. start another podcast. So that's why I have three different podcast formats. And one of them is the gym podcast, which didn't change during the last few years. It just evolved. Yep. And I try to create one episode a week. I would do more, but the problem is 
um, with finding guests and scheduling guests, it just takes long. And especially with people like Kelly Starrett, Jason Kalipa, you, sometimes you have to wait for months and that's okay, but you cannot like rely on them so that you know, okay, maybe they have something else to do and they have to cancel the meeting yeah. and that's, that's perfectly fine. So I try to make like three, three monologue um, podcasts and one interview a month. So it's four. And then I have the the podcast business po um, podcast, which is the power of podcast, where I interview other podcasters like you. So we could talk about your podcast and your show and how you started. That's for the personal branding. Um, I do one a week every Monday. And then I have a new um, podcast, a biohacking podcast, where I talk to my biohacking coach about everything, supplements, sports, sleep, everything related to, yeah. By, I don't know if you if you're familiar with biohacking, but I mean, so I I'm familiar obviously with the topic, you know, what yeah. it is. Um, like Lane Norton, isn't he big in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so yeah. we have three different formats, and I try to release one episode in each a week. So it's three a week, and I probably have like prepared at least five or ten. So I can use them when I don't have time to create. But when I create, like I did today, we do like four or five or six in a row with video. So I have them all batched Yeah. in case I don't have the time to do a recording or I'm on vacation, stuff like that. No, I get it. And, and that's, that's efficient. And that, that's the thing is, you know, to go back to earlier, like when you were saying like, yeah, it's like, how do you produce so much stuff? And it's, I used to pride myself on like being this one man machine that could churn it all out. And then eventually just realize like, I believe quantity is the key at first. Like you need to get volumes and reps out and then worry about the quality a little bit, you know, later. Um, just when you, when you, once you find your stride, but yeah, I mean, there are, there's just so many ways to increase the workflow capacity now and do it smarter. Like you, like with the repurposing of content with AI, with, you know, video husky and these like third party, you know, like hiring in the Philippines editors and people that could help you out with shit or Fiverr or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited that you're doing this because this is a unique pivot. I've got, again, like I said, I, I don't think I've met or have anybody in my ecosystem, um, any colleagues of mine like you that I would, that has gone, they've gone this route in podcasting. And, and I would say like, you know, Germany minus with high rocks, they were the first, like, they're teaching the U.S. about that right now, which is really interesting because everything always starts in the West and makes its way east in the world. OK, but like, you know, like you were the first CrossFit gym and then, you know, you because you got you you saw the vision, you saw the opportunity and you went early, which is also scarily to be early. OK, but you've seen the benefit it's had now pretty much every, you could track if there was a 23 and me. For CrossFit gyms in Germany, it would trace back to you as the lineage, right? Like you're you're the great great granddaddy, um, and but no, you start thinking of it is if it's all going out, if it's starting in the west and going to the east, and you're early to even this podcast thing. Well, like even local, maybe some local companies in Germany are having a hard time seeing the vision. You being over there, just even in that UK market, you're going to have access to so many people that see the vision kind of similarly to you do, and then simultaneously there's a lot there's not a lot of great i mean like i can't name five to ten different brands in the u.s i'm sure there are that are doing really good like podcast consulting and stuff like that i think that's you know if there's only 200 uh 
plus thousand podcasts or less uploading once a week, well, then there can't be that many successful podcast content, you know, consulting and production companies. So um, super interesting, man. I, I think this is such a fun, cool pivot for you. Yeah, let's see how everything works out. I mean, it started as a hobby and it still feels like it. And um, yeah, I think video and audio is getting more and more important. And uh, the companies themselves, they feel like the importance is getting bigger and bigger. And um, I think that's good for me because I know how to use a camera and a microphone. And I I mean, I don't know how, how you feel about it, but I mean, we are such... I think we are unique in the sense of that our skill set in so many different areas is so high that we feel like everyone everyone else has to have the same skills, right? I know how to use a camera, I know how to use a mic, I know how to color grade a video, I know how to make good graphics with Canva, I know how to use AI. But when you talk to like norm, normal people, they don't know what the fuck to do, right? And that's it's it, it's it. so again, it's there's some people are born with that creativity gene, they have it. And then some people and then when like, I'm a gear nut, like I'm, uh, it's so funny, like I'm using this old mic right now, because I'm selling off. Uh, I'm getting all new cameras and all new gear and all this. I'm in the transition stage, but like, I like gear. I like looking, I like five, five using the new stuff. By the way, have you seen no mono? N O N O M. O-N-O. It's a company out of uh, Norway. It's the first, uh, you got to look at it afterwards. It's the first portable wireless podcast setup and is AI built into it. It is it uploads straight to the cloud. I recorded a podcast in a loud like bar in Nashville, Tennessee with two other people. I mean, the speaker in the bar was right above our head. I mean, you and me both know that would have been a fucking nightmare of a recording. Dude, cleaned up everything. You listen to it and you can tell there's some stuff going on in the background, but I mean, it crushed. I mean, just ab the technology is getting so fucking cool. But, um, but yeah, no, you, if you take, if you have that creativity DNA and you also enjoy the hardware, like I think cameras, even though they're these giant things that are becoming obsolete versus like using the phone. Like I enjoy a nice camera, like the ergonomics of it. Like I love a Canon product or whatever. Like, and I love using my phone too. I think the phone is just incredible and fast and easy, but it makes us dangerous. And if you as a small business owner, if I had to give you some skill sets, you know, you got to be able to sell, you got to be able to retain, you got to be a leader. But outside of that, if you just can be slightly dangerous in the marketing world, like knowing what a good promo video would be look like and how to create one. Even if you don't want to keep, you want to pay to outsource that, it's still like having my editors. I get that full editing team. I have a full-time local creative director here in the States. And I mean, they you can't get shit past me. Be like, oh man, this video is going to kill. And I look at him like, are you fucking high? Fix this, this, and this. Like, God, you lazy fuck. I know you didn't color grade that. And they're like, oh my, like whatever. But like, you can't, like I'm dangerous enough to be able to do it on my own. But if I do scale it out to other people, it's nice to be able to call out because like gym owners would be like, I got a videographer. He's going to make the best video ever. I'm like, the videographer is an artist and he's probably going to come up with something unless you give him very, very, very specific instructions. That is not going to be exactly what you thought it was going to be. And, um, but yeah, no, I, it's the skill set that, that we and many other people have taken the time to learn. Like how many YouTube's videos did you watch when you were learning? Oh, so many. I just, today I, I didn't know how to, 
I have the new Rodecaster Pro 2 for yeah. a couple of months now, and I I only recorded with one mic. So, and I wanted to record with two mics, and I I was so stupid I didn't like I couldn't fix it so I had to use YouTube today yeah. right so in order to fix it now it works it's so you never stop learning now like yeah yeah I agree man I agree so Felix listen uh if people want to get in contact with you they they were very interested in what you had to say this that or anything what what's the best way they could reach out to you I mean that's probably my mail address it's Felix F-E-L-I-X at little things matter dot D-E or just Oh, I have to think about it. No, I think mail is probably the best. Yeah, yeah. I'll I mean, put that in the show notes. I'll put sure. the I can put the website in there as well. And I'm going to put the Instagram also to the gym. I'm going to show. I want people to check out your gym again. Your your social media was always something I never had to like. That's I never had to like put your shit to the dumpster fire. Your stuff was always you always had a good eye for it, which was great. Um, it was so so nice working with a client that has that creative genetic code. Um. But dude, listen, this is absolutely fucking phenomenal. I'm very, I'm, I'm pumped for you, man. Uh, I'm excited to see what you're doing. This is, this is great. This, this podcast is a long time coming. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on today. Yeah, thank you. I mean, a dream came true today. I mean, uh, we started uh, five years ago, and now yeah. it, we, we still work together, and we still see each other as colleagues, and it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And if I again, if I ever make it out to Germany, which it's looking more and more like that's probably a probability here in the near future with other things going on, I 100% we will get together. We'll, we'll do an we'll do Where, an in person. Wherever in Germany, it doesn't matter. Just let me know where and when, and I'll be there. <laughs> I will, my man. I will. All right, brother. Much love. You have a great rest of your weekend. Yeah, thank you. You too. Bye bye.